Shout out Sniper T on the beat. Tamara to the break of dawn is on the rise with life on the forefront of the mind. So line for line, you can ride this brain train and you can change your station without even touching the dial. So relax, stay a little bit, but listen for a while. And whether you're bumping this in the whip or in a business fit, it's a meeting you won't want to miss. A meeting for a meal to feed the soul with words for the mind. So sit back, enjoy the ride, time to take off, it's time to fly, cause Tamara till the break of dawn is on the rise. Hey y'all, hey, it's me, Tamara, and Nick. Which now the applause don't want to work. Hold on, y'all. We gotta, we gotta run that back. We gotta run that back. Y'all know I gotta have you my have- sound up. Okay, let's start all over. Pretend y'all didn't hear that. Hey, y'all. Hey, it's me, Tamra and Nick. Yes. Okay, studio audience, get yourselves together. Act like you know what it is. That's crazy. So, got the yeah. uh, Fresh Prince going on. <laughs> you know, I gotta, I gotta do what it do to make it do what I wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? So thank y'all so much for tuning in to all my new listeners. New episodes drop every Thursday. I generally talk about my life and the ways that I'm trying to go. This is a new series that I'm starting though, and we will get into that in a little bit. Um, Regular supporters, y'all already know the vibes. Thank you so much. I genuinely appreciate y'all. And if none of y'all who are listening or following me on social media, you totally should. And the link to all my social media handles are in the episode notes. It says YouTube and social media. Speaking of YouTube, you guys should follow, not follow, subscribe to my YouTube. Listen, y'all, I got poetry. So if you don't know who Pen Tam Z is, you've probably been under a rock, Penrose voice, but uh, myself, Penrose, and Lindsay. We started a poetry collective where we are going to once a quarter host a live show once a week, drop a new piece from one of the three of us. So you definitely should subscribe to my YouTube because that is a YouTube exclusive only. I told y'all I'm trying to get y'all on that YouTube. So some of this content is only going to be on there. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. The link is in my episode notes. Um, I don't think I have any other announcements. I mean, podcast happy hour is going to be at some point this month at the time of this recording. I don't know, but I do know that autumn is hosting. I do know that with it being black history month, it's going to be blackity black, 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 as she likes, as lots of people like to say, but she definitely says that. So stay tuned for more information on that. Um, I think that's it. So yeah, let's go ahead and get into this episode. So those of y'all that follow me, rock with me and all that stuff, you already know I launched my brand Melon Intoxicate and the brand was created to celebrate the beauty found within melanated people, black people. But I like to say melanated because I like to drag things out. You know what I'm saying? Make it fit with the brand. You feel me? So how could I have a platform? where I don't highlight, it's not even about highlighting the brand, it's about highlighting the people who I feel like embody what the brand stands for. And when I was thinking about this series, this is one of the first people that came to mind simply because, man, he and I met, gosh, 
years ago, like he was still in costs, like a senior or junior in college, I think, when we first met. And now he's like super grown. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and a teacher. And I've left where we worked five almost years ago. So, man, yeah, I've known him for a minute. And so, everybody, welcome officially to the show. Nick, our first melanin intoxication guest. Yes, yes, y'all. Act like y'all know what it is. Okay, so Nick, man, how you doing, y'all? If y'all could see, y'all could see his dog. So cute. I'm good. Yeah. In the this, back. This Mocha, she giving me problems. She uh she don't like my attention on anyone else. So mm. That's okay. Especially on these weekends. Especially on these weekends when I'm finally, I finally get to be home. So mm -hmm. yeah. she welcome. See if you're a dog lover. This is another reason you should subscribe to my YouTube because <laughs> you can see Mocha in the background, actually in the foreground, because she's making sure that she is all up in the camera. So yeah. Oh yeah, but how you doing? I'm good. Uh, you know, just chilling. Uh, waiting to watch some playoff football. That's it. Okay. I didn't. I didn't cook nothing. I got a couple dishes to wash. <laughs> um, but that's lazy Saturday. I, well, no, yeah, not no, lazy. I was up. Yeah, I was gonna say I was not up. lazy. I, just, I looked at the pans and just bounced. So mm. now I'm back. So I feel. I'm gonna get into that as soon as we're done here. But I'm chill. I'm, I'm I'm chilling. I'm chilling today. All right. So before we get further into the topic, um, let's talk about one thing that you enjoy and I'll share one too that you feel like could potentially get your black card revoked. <laughs> yo, hey, I don't know, I don't know what to say. So, yo, it's this song and it's by uh first and foremost, dang, a black card revoked. No, man, I don't even want to share that, bro. Uh all right, I'll go. Okay, first. okay, 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 okay. I'm gonna say I'll Not go find first. It. All right. And they play this at every white wedding. <laughs> this is for sure. They okay. play this. It's uh it's a song called called Rip Tide by Vance Joy. It's this right here. Okay, play a little that, bit. Play a little that bit. That mug slap. No, man, cause 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 I, okay, okay, okay. Okay, because okay, I've never heard it and I've been Okay. All right. all right, that's it. That's all you get. That's all you get. All right, y'all give oh, it up. And then, oh. and then I don't know how to play spades. Oh, uh, let's see. Nick. I've never seen House Party from start to finish. Uh, you're young. Yeah, that's okay. It was kind of, it was kind of just kind of. Hold on, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. I feel like I failed you, and here's okay. why. Here's why. <laughs> So how I met Nick, y'all, we used to work together. Um, he didn't start off with me as his boss. He actually started off in a different program. And then, like, I want to say at the end of the summer, maybe he came to my program. He was actually my first employee in that program. They finally let me hire somebody because we needed somebody else. And... um. So, yeah, like I said, he was a senior in college by the time he became my employee. And 
I feel like I failed you because I should have taught you how to play spades. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I mean, it's okay. You used to feed us pizza and stuff. That's that's sometimes that's all you can do. I mean, but dang, I'm just thinking about. I guess we didn't really have time in our staff meetings because we got to hurry up before the kids came. So, because we used to work at a uh, in the in the school year was an after school program, and we taught ninth to 12th graders well no during the school year it was 10th to 12th graders uh basically job readiness skills um but in the summer it was a longer program and so we then taught ninth to 12th graders the same thing plus took them on site visits and all this stuff in the summer it was a lot more there were a lot of field trips um but yeah, that is crazy. I didn't expect that. Okay, yes, that definitely. I, I'm not the only one. It's plenty. Of oh, oh, oh no, not, I there so, are. So let's not pinpoint that. No, 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 no. There but I'm. Is. Well, yeah, there are definitely more. I'm trying to feel like if I should call this person out, I'm gonna have to hear her mouth. I'm gonna call her out anyway. So Jay, Jay is one of my podcast happy hour crew. The regular listeners of the show, you already know who she is. She can't play spades. And uh, we j I just saw this tweet the other day, actually, where somebody said they were going to start a Patreon. And one of the tiers was going to be a place to teach black people how to play spades without judgment. So if that becomes a real thing, I'll hit you up and I'll let you know. because I don't, I don't think that's... Because you can't even teach some people how to drive without judgment. So hmm. I don't know. I don't know if people got the patience. To teach I know. And that's speed. what somebody in the comments mm -hmm. said. They were like, it's probably going to end up like the memes where if Johnny had five apples. So, man, we'll see. My hair is irritating me. So, okay. I did not know that about you, Nick. Learn something new about people every day. Okay. So, mine is that, I mean, I've already talked, I did a whole series about it. So, I'm not going to talk into the stuff that like music or TV or food or any of that because I talked about that. But what I will say is something that has been irritating me lately, two things, and I don't know if it's the grammar Nazi in me because people being grammatically correct is something that it irritates me when they don't. But one thing I don't like that I notice is a thing for the culture is one, can y'all, when you are saying, when you were referring to I as in the person, can you just put the capital letter I? Do we have to spell it like the eyeball in our eye, the E-Y-E, when we're saying I did this? Y'all are not that woke. Some of y'all that put this, you're not seeing nothing with your third eye when you say, when you use this. That drives me crazy. Another thing is, it's this is a little bit newer, where people are saying back, but they'll spell it B-Y-K-E. I don't understand. It. Uh, I hate it. Like. No, I, I don't know where y'all got that from, but put it back. Put it back. Close the door. Lock it up. Deadbolt it. No, I, I hate wild. it. Yeah. So That's those wild, are mine man. that 
So as we continue this series, y'all, y'all will learn a lot about me. But I'm I'm starting it off that way because I feel like you can't really define someone's blackness in the ways that people traditionally try to do it. Like if my black skin does something or Nick's black skin, then it's, you know, what black people do. But that's not why we brought y'all here, though, ladies and gentlemen. Melon Intoxicate celebrates the beauty found within melanated people. So every month, like I said, I'm going to highlight a melanated person that I feel like is, I, I use beautiful, but I don't mean that like really about their outer appearance, more so their personality their spirit stop it nick all All that good stuff um and also people who have inspired me along my journey so basically to go along with the tagline somebody who's just so dope that folks get high off of him or her which is what the the tagline means it's definitely not promoting drug use but i know i have to keep rebranding what that phrase means so that Y'all catch on to it, but it's okay because I got some for y'all. Let me think. Actually, by the time this episode drops, shortly thereafter, so I will already be promoting it. So the the epitome of black girl magic or the epitome of black boy joy, which is going to be part of the cover art of these episodes, I created that simply because One, I know there are many different ways to say the same thing. So basically, that's the same thing as saying, so dope they get high. But we got the PG version for the people that feel comfortable with, you know, rocking something like that. And then we got the parental explicit content version. So that's the so dope they get high. So it's like I'm trying to I'm trying to appeal to everybody in that sense, like. I'm not going to be offended by saying by someone saying, well, I can't wear something that talks about getting high because I, I get it. I get it. Not everybody could wear that. So therefore, the epitome of black girl magic, the epitome of black boy joy, y'all get into that. That drops the 15th. So depending on when you listen to this in February will depend on whether or not it's already out or not. You feel me? But anywho. Nick is someone who he's a teacher, he's a fitness trainer, he has a few different creative things that he gets into. We're going to mainly focus on photography today. As I said, when I met Nick, he was actually student teaching. So it's been so dope to kind of watch him coming in, even watching him grow as an employee there, learning how to build rapport with the kids, which I would say he always did that pretty easily, but um, managing classrooms and all that stuff that he did while I worked with him, then watching him go on to fulfill his purpose and what he felt like he wanted to do. And you teach what grade? Uh, I teach eighth grade. All right. So what uh, classes do you teach? All right. So this is my sixth year and I've taught U.S. history. I've taught a class called Investigating Histories. I taught weight training. Mm. Uh, and for the last few years, I've been teaching a class called Creative City Planning as well. Mm. What uh, is that? Teaching. It's just like uh, 
it's pretty self-explanatory. It's like creative city planning. It's like, but <laughs> like you get real creative when you plan in a city. Like the whole trying to come for me. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I never will. You know, you know if I was, I tell you. I know. Um, but but uh, I don't know. It's just basically, you know, we do a lot of blueprints. Oh, okay, uh, okay. We do a lot of uh, gotcha. you know, creating different things that would go into a city, like a mall different types of suburbs. Oh. Even though, even though I'm from the mud. Uh we do like we talk about rail systems and, you know, subway systems. Uh we talk about like the cost of that stuff and basically why things are where they are. And we use this city uh that we live in as sort of like the like prime example because, you know, that's just where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Uh but before we even get to before they even get to like creating projects and things like that, I always talk to them about like uh, you know government mandated zoning, redlining. Mm. Oh, uh, okay, yep, that's definitely a thing here. Yeah, racial mm-hmm. division within the city because mm-hmm. you see it within you see it within the city, but then that you know when you go other places like public places, i.e., school, you mm-hmm. see it within the schools too. So, mm-hmm. oh just, yeah, especially here, like yeah, it is bro. so. So, because, man, when my daughter switched school districts to, um, I mean, I guess they're all graduated now, so I could say they uh, were in the Papio school district. Mm-hmm. My goodness, like, culturally, it was such a shock. And it's just where we lived in Bellevue at that time. It's just the district that it was. But going mm-hmm. from OPS to that was wild especially for Kayliana who had done freshman and sophomore year at South so you know that's like big into the arts and all that I mean she got to take a dance class and that was like you know one of her classes to then go to the Papio school and they obviously don't have all of that but they have so much more like technology and just stuff like that that it's just like wow you know what i'm saying like stuff that it seems like ops is kind of just getting to with give you know when we went virtually they've been on that for sure yeah, yeah it's crazy for, uh, for sure that's wild mm-hmm. that is wild yeah so all right what other classes do you teach besides anything else those are it. And then okay. I'm the head football coach. I'm the head soccer coach in the spring. So, you know, I do all that while I'm while I'm there. Now, did you play football in college too? Because I know you played soccer. Mm, I only played soccer in college. Football okay. and soccer was at the at the same time. Oh, okay, I probably, gotcha. I probably should have though. But did you yeah, ever play good. football or you always Yeah, played? I always played football up until almost up right right up until I got to college. So So um, what made you switch? That's such an interesting I just uh, everyone was doing the same thing. Mm. <laughs> everyone was doing the same thing. That sounds about right for you. <laughs> yeah, everyone was doing the same thing, and it's like, okay, well, I don't know. Let me let me let me take this path, see where it goes. And it took me. I met a lot of people from a lot of different places in the world, and I let, and you know, that's got a big time influence on my life. Like in college, a lot of my teammates was from Europe. Mm. Uh, and I'm still like good friends with them. Okay. Especially uh, my boy from London. He was like one of the only other black people on the team. That's, that's important. Dope. 
And it, it, it was important for me to to live through that, like being the only black, like the only black person somewhere. Right. It's, it's important for me to it was important for me now that I look back, because at first I, I always hated it. Mm-hmm. Like, like I always hated it. I'm like, man, it's got to be someone like me out there. But I always hated it. But now that I look back, you know, you you remember different conversations. You remember different gestures from 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 people that you look back and it's like, oh, that's why this person did that. That's why this person is talking like that because they weren't used to seeing me around. But yeah, he's black. He's from London. Uh, he's from London. He lives in Atlanta now. Uh, and when my grandpa was alive, he passed because he passed away uh, last February. My grandpa was living in Atlanta too. So when I would go see my grandpa, I'd always try to link up with my boy, but we never really linked. And so I ain't been back to Atlanta since my grandpa died, but I plan to go back and link with my mans because that's my dog for sure. But anyways. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go too far, I want to touch on something you said because I feel like it's important for different reasons. You said that it was important for you to have that experience where you were the only black person. I want to highlight that because you rarely hear people say that it was important for them to have that experience. But I have found for myself as well that it has been important for me to have experiences like that because for me, it's ultimately helped me. It's allowed me to be in certain spaces to figure out who I am without the pressures of feeling like I should do things a certain way just because I'm black. Because it's not only other cultures and other races that put stereotypes on us. At times we have them for ourselves where, oh, black people don't do this or black people do this. And I remember being where we used to work. And that was when I kind of first started my like, I call it the snatched 40s journey now that I'm in my 40s, but, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to be healthier and all that to kind of like get off the weight that I had gained. And I remember eating, I don't even remember what I was eating. It was like a salad or something healthy. And it was, I can't remember. I remember who it, it was like one of the staff. I'm trying to like not out people and <laughs> and all that stuff was like oh why are you eating white people food so like stuff like that where it was a salad it wasn't you know what i'm saying and even if it was why does it matter as long as it's seasoned now if y'all see me out here eating some bland unseasoned food then yes y'all can say what y'all gotta say but outside of that and so i say all that to say for me also being in spaces where i'm the only whatever black woman or black person or the first I've been in instances where I was the first black staff to do this or the first, you know, black woman to do that in the places that I've worked. It's actually been really good for me because it's helped me, like I said, figure out just who I am without the pressures of anything, because you don't often hear even stuff like, People saying, I remember me talking about going to college. And this is when I'm like grown, grown. And like in my family, pretty much everybody on my mom's side of the family, you you go to high school, you go to college, like that's just what you do. I'm the one that has told my kids, hey, if that's not the journey for you, that's fine. Just make sure you figure out what you want to do 
and get whatever training you need to get there and continue to like grow and develop and elevate and all that stuff. But uh, I remember talking about going to college as an adult because I didn't graduate till I was almost 35. And oh, that's that white people stuff. So like stuff like that, where it's like, why do you attribute that to that being white people stuff? But if I am on around a bunch of white people and I say, oh, I'm going to go to college or I'm going to start a business, which things I've done you don't get that same, like, the people that I've been around, because I get there may be people that feel like, oh, you can't do that because you're black. But the people that I've been around are just like, oh, wow, that's awesome or whatever. How can I help? How can I support? Not even make little slick comments that people, oh, you a CEO now. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that where they're like low-key hating, even though, yeah. but. Anyways, <laughs> that was no. a whole tangent. No, you good. I, I, so like, you know, when I when I say that, like, it was important. I'm not, I'm not trying to like, or being being the first black person, or or only black. I'm like, I'm not saying that to brag. The only reason I say that is because when I reflect and you see how the world is now, and you saw how you know the political climate was with you know Trump being in office, and you can even still see how the political climate is now. Where, where some people just bold and gonna do what they do and say what they say, but like, uh, you, I rem, I sort of, I look black, I look back and reflect and like, man, that's it's this this been stirring up, mm, right? Yeah. Based on my experiences where I've been, uh, you know, and you you look back and you say, well, this been stirring up, and so I just uh, I just say that to be to be aware. It just made me more aware of not only my surroundings. But aware of the people I keep around, aware of the company I keep, uh, and aware of the people I tell like my business to mm. as well. So yeah. yeah, so that's that's what sort of, that's that's the shape I'm sort of I'm thinking about when I when I say that. Cause yeah. you know, I could care less about being a being like the only, but like I said during the time I hated it because it was really like for me, it was really no one to talk to and no one really understood the culture I was coming from. Right. You know I mean, and no one really understood, uh, you know, the things I did or like the music I listened to mm-hmm. or, or, or whatever. Uh, and so I just uh, when I look back, you know, I also learned a lot, though, too. You know what I mean? Because it was stuff I hated about it. But then you also learn a lot about it. So that's that's just the, the learning came in through 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 reflecting, uh, you know, at this point in my life. But. Yeah, it was it was okay times. Okay times. It's interesting because because even you and I grew up differently. Like I grew up military. So growing up military is even a completely different upbringing than I mean the average person of any race because it's a completely different culture. So mm-hmm. I think that really is what shaped a lot of my experience and it wasn't honestly until moving here and getting deeper into the like North Omaha, I guess I'll say that, that then I started think like, that's when you get into the, Oh, you act why? Oh, you, and it could just be cause I was older at that point, but I don't know. Everybody's journey like there's not one cookie cutter journey for 
the black experience, you know what I'm saying? And it's always, always like having these types of conversations because I like hearing about different people's perspective, their experience, especially those that are different than mine. You know what I mean? Um, I think all of it, as you said, shapes us and kind of, we definitely have to learn from it, kind of like take away even from the, the parts that we, we hated. Um, and so with that, you're teaching eighth graders, you're teaching eighth graders about history. And one of the things that I really like that I know you do, and I'm seeing a lot more teachers do this now, is you you make sure to incorporate the culture, but also like leverage it. So like I'm seeing a lot of teachers kind of like, not trends, but like if there's something that the kids are really into, instead of ignoring it, you know what I'm saying? I'm seeing a lot more teachers use it to their advantage to kind of like keep the kids attention. And you were like that even before you were officially teaching, because that's how you taught. Like he was one of the most structured for the summer program that we had. He was one of the most structured employees that was under me at that point because he was a teacher. You know what I'm saying? It was in him to be that way. So the way that he would teach the lessons was always incorporate the culture, incorporate. Yeah. Kind of like what's going on and stuff like that. Oh, for sure. Uh, and a big part of that is like, you know, like you said, you see a lot of teachers do it and they videotape it and it's for a trend and whatnot. Uh, that that was really that's really me. Like, that's really what I would like what I do. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. some of the TV shows that they watch, I watch those TV shows, some of the music that they listen to. Well, I've been listening to that. You know what I mean? Like I've mm-hmm. been listening to that. So I, I try to be me everywhere I am and I try not to I try not to let. So some people will come into a job like teaching and they'll try to be so professional to the point where they're not real. Mm-hmm. And people pick up on that. Yep. Right. People pick up on that. They sense that. That's like blood in the water. Uh like for a shark. Mm-hmm. And so I'll make sure I make sure like not only the students like see who I am as a person. I always tell the students like the same way I am here with you is the same way I am at home with like you know what I mean like like my nieces or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, this is the same way, like, this is the same way I am at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. It's the same way I am driving in a car. You know what I mean? It's the same way I am on the phone with my homies. Like, this is just who I am. Like, I don't try to be, you know, like even at work, like I'm not wearing no tie. <laughs> I'm not wearing no button up every day. You know what I mean? I'm in some, I'm probably in some nice slacks, but I might have a graphic tee on with the slacks. You know what I mean? Just because this is who I am. Right. And I've been doing this. Like I said, I've been doing this for six years. Not that I give me no type of seniority over anybody, over anybody. But like, I think it's important for them to see. Uh, see professionalism outside of like a suit and a tie, because yeah. hold on, hold on. We got to I wasn't I wasn't ready for that. Yes, because yes. a lot of like a lot of people like when they say like when you hear the word professionalism, They'd be like, oh, man, yeah, that means people wearing suits. Like, it's so many people that text me and say, hey, so do you wear suits to work? And I'm like, who am I? Martin Luther King? Like, no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, wearing, like, I'm not wearing no suits to work. Like, I'm not, 
I'm not doing that. And it's just like that, that's not that's not that's not real to me. Some people who wear suits, if they've always been wearing suits and whatnot, go ahead, wear suits. I'm not I'm not knocking nobody that wears suits, but it's just it's just not me. And I used to see like memes and pictures that say, you know, dress for the job you want, not for the job you have. And it's like and it's like uh, you'll get the job you want by being you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'll get the job you want by by being you, uh, authentic as you can be. And so, like, you know, maybe in some aspects that's true. But for me right now, I'm just rocking. It's important for them. And it's important for them to see, like, me with, like, my jewelry on and things like that. You know what I mean? It's important. I think I think that's important because, you know, sometimes they into the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? They into sneakers. Uh, you know, they into different types of earrings, just different, different types of styles and stuff like that. Cause you know, I get like 200 students a year. And so each one of them be different or sometimes they click up and it's just, it's just important for them to see uh, the culture. And I just had a talk with my students yesterday and uh, we had a big old talk. They was all around my desk. Well, I had a table. I don't have a desk. I got ADHD. A desk freaks me out. But, uh, <laughs> um, and I was talking to them about like, I asked them like, yo, am I your first black male teacher? And they thought about it. It was like, yeah, all my teachers been 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 women. Or all my teachers been white. Or all my teachers been this. All my teachers been that. And it's like, dang, that's tough. And I was like, I told them, I just tell them, just like I'm telling you, it's important for I said it's important for y'all to to see me the way I am. Right? It's important for y'all to see my mistakes. It's important for y'all to see that I'm late sometimes. You know what I mean? It's important because a lot of people think the world of professionalism is always being perfect and it's not, mm. and it's not. And I'm the most inefficient, imperfect person. I mean, I'm the most efficient, imperfect person on earth. So maybe I said that backwards. I'm the most imperfect, efficient person on earth. I get the <laughs> job done. Well, I get the job done. That's the, and, and that's, that's what's important to me. And I tell my kids, like, whether you learn anything about history for me or not, like, I don't care. You're going to learn something while I'm talking to you or while, you, while you're sitting in here. You're going to learn something about me or something about the world, you know, or something about life or whatever. Because, you know, school ain't for everybody. But it's just important for them to to, to hear me talk about that and for them to, to see me as I am. The thing, too, with kids, especially, especially that age group of being in middle school, is the authenticity is so important because you'll get so much further. Like, like you said, people can tell if you're being fake. I mean, that really, that's in any instance, if you just mm-hmm. be yourself, you know what I'm saying? You will get, get the job. You will get build better rapport with people. I was watching uh Matter of fact, I just, so everybody else, I know y'all were watching Insecure from the beginning. I didn't have HBO Max or HBO, so I never, I actually just started watching it. Shout out to 12 Cal. So funny, I always call him 12 Cal (laughs) because he was on here whenever and we talked about it. I think it was after and he was saying like, it's only like 30 minute episodes. That's kind of what sold me. It being a short episode. And so I've actually started watching it now that I have HBO Max. 
And I, it's a really good show. I can see why everybody was into it. But one of the episodes that I just, because when I say I just started watching it, like I'm only up to episode four. So like I mm-hmm. just started watching it. So Molly is one of the people who, um, she's one of the characters, if you never watched Insecure, and she's like a professional and this young black girl came in as some role at her company which shout out to her it was actually wanda from snowfall so it was cool to see her in a different role but wanda she was trying to tell her like basically you got a code switch so if you don't know what code switching is it's basically the notion that in different environments you need to be different ways as a black person now i do think that in some black people aside just i do think yeah in a professional environment be professional you know what i'm saying in this environment be this but one of the things that i think the girl's name is rashida said is that i didn't have to switch up to get this job when i interviewed with one of the senior partners i didn't have to switch up when i wrote my legal whatever and i'm not about to switch up now you know what i'm saying and then she just kind of walked out and the thing about it is some people have that confidence but then we have the people that they haven't had that experience and they've been told you know what i'm saying so it's, it's, it's everybody's experience is different but at the at the end of the day, you, you got to be the most authentic version of you as possible because you'll lose yourself and you'll be miserable anyway. Like one of the things. Yeah, it's just people. People won't people could tell when you're being fake, too. So like earlier when he said you would know if I was coming for you, I know he would. I was joking because that's what we all used to do. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I will say this, working there, if you could work where I used to work at a place where all people did was crack jokes all the time, <laughs> even in kids, staff, in the most serious moments and all the, like, if you could survive there, this is why I don't care about nothing else, nobody, this is like, it helped prepare me for the rest of just whatever because it was a wild if you could work with teenagers man like teenagers can be the most dopest most loyalist people to work with but they also could be the most brutal at the same time so so yeah so teacher fitness trainer now you started Mm -hmm. off as an athlete yes ma'am how did you decide? I've just kind of been seeing where he does personal training. You know, his prices are his prices, y'all. That it too. Is, man. You know what I'm saying? It but is, uh, I see your, I mean, you obviously keep yourself together. You you post your pictures of you working out and all that. So obviously you know what you're doing. But what made you like really want to get into that? Because in all that you do that I see, it's all about you either trying to help somebody, teaching, fitness trainer, or bring out the beauty in somebody with photography, which again is still helping them in a different way. So what kind of made you decide, okay, I'm out here getting it and I want to help other people with their fitness journey? 
Uh, and it wasn't even, honestly, it wasn't even, uh, I never went in to be like thinking, oh, yeah, I'm about to be, I want to be like a fitness trainer. All that, all my fitness was to get me in better shape for like, you know, being an athlete, right? Because I wanted, because like, so I went to a school where, like I said, a lot of my teammates was European and they could, they could play really, really well. Like they were legit. But also I started college when I was 17 too. So I was 17. I wasn't really like all the way developed. I was like skinny at the chest, skinny at the <laughs> shoulders. And uh, a lot of my teammates had already played like semi-pro or pro overseas somewhere. Oh, wow. So when they came here, they was legit, right? And some of them were like already older. Like they would be like 21-year-old freshmen, 20-year-old freshmen. And I come from being the bruiser, like tossing people around in high school because they all the same age as me to getting like dog walked. And I ain't like that. You know what I mean? I ain't, I, I ain't like that. And I ain't like that. I couldn't uh, really, I ain't like that. I really couldn't hang like that for that first year. So uh, season got over and I just start going crazy in the gym. I was just going to the gym. I didn't even, and under, I got my first like little weight set from a thrift store when I was a kid. And I used to, and I was, you know, lifting and I was doing like, I was doing like a hundred pushups, hundred crunches, hundred bicycle crunches. So I've been doing all this since I was like 11, 12 years old. <laughs> but then like when I, when I realized like, you know, cause also in high school, we used to train early, early in the morning at like 6 a.m. Uh, and so I got into it then I was like, yeah. And I was always like the fittest person on my team. Like always, even in college, I was always the fittest person on my team, but for some reason, like my, my natural fitness didn't always, uh, you know, it didn't always translate to being like the best on the field or the best on the team. Right. Or even the strongest on the field or the strongest on the team. So then I just start. I said, OK, well, naturally, this is my body type. Right. It's my cut up body type. I'm ripped up. Let's try to enhance it. So I started enhancing it. And when I came back my sophomore year, my teammates was like, hey, man, I'm trying to work out with you. I was like, <laughs> I was like shit, let's get it then. And so. Uh, and then I came back my junior year and they were like, Hey man, I'm trying to work out. I'm trying to work out too. So then it'd be like six or seven, eight, nine, ten 10 people in the gym working out with me. And so then I would come back and I was like, and then, then I started teaching. Then I started coaching. And then like a couple years into teaching, I was like, you know what? My teams would be better if I train them a little more. <laughs> if mm. I, you know, if I got more than a month of training, you know what I mean. So and I started training them, and then people started saying, "Hey, man, I need to work out with you." So then I just thought, okay. But then people wouldn't keep their promise on the workouts, right? So then I guess I was like, oh, I'm 27 now. So I guess around the time I was like 24, 25, I started training. I started saying, "Hey, these are my prices, right?" And I was, I was super cheap because I couldn't dedicate all the time to it because I had to teach and coach. And then train within, you know, the 24 hours. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, then I started doing that and then start training. They would come to my apartment gym. I would train them. Sometimes I go to their gym. I would train them and they, pay, you know, and they pay me a little bit, a little bit. Right. I had a few customers and then uh, then my customers picked up to where I had about 10. Like my, I had about 10 clients. And wow. I was still living in an apartment <laughs> at the time. So I was like, yeah, y'all can't come to the gym at the same time. We got to meet somewhere or whatever. And then so I made a deal, uh, came, got a house, turned the garage into like 
Okay, the I gym. didn't know you yeah, got a turned, house. Hold on, the, sir. The garage into a gym. Yes, I didn't even so know I turned, that. I turned the garage into a to a gym, and then like I got like flooring and stuff off like Amazon, and I bought like like the bare minimum, like the bare minimum, like just like when I had when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But I go, I bought like okay, I wouldn't say the bare minimum. I, I say it was like it was way more than the bare minimum where I'm from, but. <laughs> But like just the real simple I would say stuff. That don't even then, sound like you. Yeah, have the so bare it was real minimum. simple. It, it was real simple stuff. But then uh, I uh, was training out the garage all last summer, and I'm about to train out the garage again starting in March when the weather starts to get a little warmer. Uh, and I'm gonna train all summer, so hopefully maybe I can start training full time soon because uh, that's just what I'll be doing. So it wasn't necessarily, oh, I'm, a, I'm about to be a fitness trainer. People was looking at me work out or watching me work out and doubling back around the parking lot and saying, hey, man, you train? And I was like, no, not really. You know, I was a kid. You know, I was a kid. Like, no, not really. But it was more so people saying, you should do this. And I was kind of, I kind of gave into the peer pressure. But also, I feel like when people watch and see you just, doing what you're doing like you just don't know who's watching like as much as i know about you that i was able to put together for this episode it isn't because you told me any of this personally we haven't really talked as much since we both left we're you know working together yeah Yeah, we've stayed in contact via social media but i've just watched and i've watched your journey and i remember and i've watched that y'all He's being very humble when he talks about teaching because he's won awards. Has it been every year that you've been teaching? Yeah, I've been. Uh, so my first year, I was like the the new teacher of the year in my building. And in every building, I've been like the best. Every year since then, I've been like the best eighth grade teacher and whatnot. But uh, yeah. So like when people see that, though, with the working out and they see you being consistent and they see you doing maybe what they want to do but they don't have the motivation or they might not know or whatever people are naturally going to be drawn to that you know what i'm saying so i didn't know though that you i didn't really know where you did your training i just will see posts where you're like hey i'm training or you know i'll be here i'll be there you know stuff like that but that's dope to see you though Growing with your, you know, maybe starting with one or whatever, but then also your space leveling up. That's what I'm trying to say. I love to see people just start and then continue to level up because, I mean, that's ultimately what life is. If you just remain stagnant, that's not healthy. Definitely. And it'd be the times where, like, you don't really feel like, like, like right now. I don't really feel like I've done as much. But then when I look back to being like 19, you know what I mean? When I didn't even have my own place, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I didn't even have like, you know, when I was still working, when I was still working where we work mm-hmm. and, and the checks wasn't like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, like, it's like there, I was like, man, I wanted more. And then like, even now when I can sustain, you know, the life I got right now and not saying I'll make a bunch of money, but, uh, you know, when I, I can sustain what, the way I'm living right now. And so even now, like, I want more. And I don't know if it's greed or if it's just, like, 
I don't know if, if it's me being greedy, saying I want more, I want to do more, or if it's just, uh, you know, passion or whatever. But like even right now, I feel like I'm not doing much. Even when I started, when I was training in the garage last summer, I didn't feel like I was doing much. I mean, I didn't feel like I was where I needed to be. And so, uh, you know, like I said, I want to, I probably want to train full time, but you know, it's hard to, it's hard for me right now mentally to take, take that leap. You know what I mean? Cause like what I do is in a classroom and I take up like a lot of time and I take up like a lot of my day and, you know, and I, I, I'll be feeling dedicated to the kids, you know what I mean? So, because, you know, they expect me to be there, like, like be there. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, not even on no, just like teacher type deal. Like they expect me to be there when they need to talk, expect me to be there when another teacher is making them angry or mm-hmm. upset. Mm-hmm. So it's just it, like when you, when you, when you a black man in a profession like that, you have a different type of role and, not everyone understands that like your role is more than what they actually pay you for mm. and culturally culturally you know that like culturally you know that but like professionally and business wise you know institutions don't they won't understand they don't understand that yeah and i don't know if you ever seen the show abbott elementary that just came out it's got the dude from everybody hates chris in it always no but everybody's it. talking about it Bro, that's how <laughs> That's how school is, really. Times about twenty-five, mm. especially. Yeah. So, um, um, so it's it's impl- I don't know. It's just I don't know. I just feel like if I take that leap, I don't know. Everyone always feel irreplaceable, but irreplaceable though. And so, bottom line is, in reality, I'm probably not. But you know, I feel that way. Uh, I don't know though because there are still. Like, because with youth, it's different than with adults, because for youth, especially the um, population of students that you teach, because it's very similar to the population of students that we worked with where we worked, it's kind of like you like you just don't know. And that's really anywhere, because actually even being in environments where maybe I was one of the only black leaders for youth, you know what I'm saying? So really just kids in general, man, that positive impact is sometimes irreplaceable in a kid's life, depending on what the home life is like, depending on whatever. And there are still kids to this day, mind you, there are kids from youth ministry that are almost 30 that one of them just reached out to me recently and was like, I miss you so much. I can use one of those talks like we used to have. And, you know, we kind of talked about what's going on, but this is like a grown adult. This isn't. So it's like when whatever impact you have in somebody's life, don't like minimize that as because you you're not necessarily replaceable. Now it doesn't mean they'll die without you, you know, and all that. But at, as middle schoolers though, that's like when it's a, a key part of, and I even know with my own kids, there are certain teachers that they love that, especially Janae, there are teachers that from middle school that she still will keep in contact with now. Like, 
either via email or, you know, social media or whatever. Cause you know, I know y'all can't do it when they're your students, but you know, once they're no longer your students and she's graduated now, so it really doesn't matter, but there are still teachers that she'll follow up with, let them know how she's doing. And one of my teachers from high, actually only one of my teachers from high school is my Facebook friend, my Spanish teacher. So it's like, you just, you never know, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I feel you where wanting to take that leap to what you're passionate about, because obviously fitness for you being a former athlete and all these things is just something you've been passionate about even before teaching, you know what I mean? And you're still teaching with training people. It's just teaching in a different way, but it'll be interesting to see what you, what you decide. Cause I'm sure I'll read about it on Facebook, <laughs> whatever announcement possibly, but photography, that's another one of your passions. Even though I know you do a lot of stuff, you said gardening okay. and just all these different things, but photography is something that I've kind of watched. And even the way you edit photos of yourself or photos that you take, you could tell you're trying to make sure there's a creative spin to it. Have you always been into photography? Like, or is that just something else as well that you've kind of picked up as an adult? Um, so I had a cousin who passed away back mm. in like 2001. She got hit by a car and I was like, I was like six or seven. Uh, and she was a photographer. She was 17. She was a photographer. And she had one of these, you know, big old cameras. Mm-hmm. And I was always interested how it worked. And I remember her taking a picture of my cousin and my, like, my, like my cousin and like my nephew in front of the tree. And it was black and white. It didn't come out in color. I was like, dang, how they, how they do that? <laughs> and so I've been real like interested for a long time, a long, long time. And, uh, not only was I interested in photos, but like I knew that like that was like a big loss for like my family at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And like I knew like my grandma liked her photos as well. My grandma passed away in 2020, so so I had got a camera, and I got this camera. The person who bought me the camera said, "I know if you, I know if you do what I think you can do with this camera, you know you'll enjoy it." So I just started taking photos and this was like probably my third year teaching. I finally got a camera. And so other than that, I was using like the phone camera, just taking every time I went out of town, I would take like landscape pictures. Like I remember the first time I went to Colorado, I took a big picture of the mountains, blew it up, gave it to my grandma for her for her birthday, you know, for one of her birthdays. And I would just get her pictures for Christmas. And I was getting, I was, you know, I was doing the Walgreens thing. I was taking pictures of these landscapes landscapes from other cities editing them yeah. and like putting them on canvases and, and giving them to for people to people for christmas and that's when you know people were like wow that's really did you order this off amazon i was like no nah, man i took that photo like i literally took that photo with my with my iphone camera and then uh i had got a camera for i want to say my birthday 2018 
And ever since then, I've been taking like family photos of people. I want to do like something where I take like photos of 50 different people, like just like headshots. I want to do something like that. And because I like to catch capture people in, in real time. And so, uh, you know, like I said, before my grandma died, I would uh, get her canvases and stuff of the pictures I took. Uh, like I said, I took a picture of the Rocky Mountains and her favorite color is blue. So I made the picture, you know, the reflection from the water sort of make the, the background and the sky look all super duper blue. You see mm. like that. And then also the last picture my grandpa ever got taken of him was from from me. Mm. So and so I took those pictures of, of my grandpa a couple of years ago in in, in Atlanta. And uh you know, they put that on his obituary and everything. And then uh so and it was real good. They were real good pictures. I like just taking real clear pictures. And that's the thing. I don't do a lot of editing when I take pictures of people. Sometimes I leave it how it is. Cause that's real to me. That's authentic. Uh and I like and I like to capture people doing what they like to do, right? Like I like to capture people like enjoying like enjoying their joy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like, uh, I don't like to tell somebody to smile. Right. I don't like telling somebody to smile. I like bagging on someone then making them laugh and then taking <laughs> a picture. Cause now they laughing, they smiling, they enjoying, they enjoying, you know, what they doing at the moment. So, right. Uh, and so just a couple of weeks or a few weeks ago, I took some pictures of my nieces in the house and my youngest niece, she wasn't trying to smile. And then I cracked a joke and she was smiling. She was enjoying that at that time. You know what I mean? So I like to take pictures of people enjoying themselves at a the time when I'm in Nashville, because my mom lives in Nashville. When I'm there, I take my camera and I like to go take pictures of like different things in the farmer's market. I take pictures of like different sculptures and statues and like different plants are like different places of downtown. I really like to, t- I really like to stand in the middle of like a parking lot in a, in a, in another city and take pictures of like the skyline or just like the buildings. Like I tried to do it in the capital district here, but I was in the middle of the street and the cars kept honking. And so my anxiety got the best of me. So <laughs> I moved. But, uh, so when I do that, like, I guess it's, it's, it's more so about, about peace for me right and, and and letting other people enjoy their time uh so and people people pay me for photo shoots they hit me up and they want to pay me for photo shoots and stuff like that which is cool and like, i'm never gonna say no to no money so let's, <laughs> let's get that let's get that under the way first but it, it it's it make me feel good when people are like oh man you take good photos and 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 it make me feel like i need to practice that more so i'm just into a lot of stuff into a lot of stuff and not one thing in particular has my full attention Mm. just because I like to do all that stuff. And so I always said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I want to do before I get up out of here. You know what I mean? Before, before I get up out of here, I'm gonna do everything that I want to do. And uh, it's crazy because people that you talk to will try to like, hold you back from it right mm-hmm. they're like they'll try to like hold you back from it and it's like shh, don't even tell them just go do what you're doing just go do what you're doing 
Man, you said it earlier. You got to be careful who you tell your plans to. Like, yeah, you definitely have to because the words hold power and people will speak death over your your dreams either it, and it, it doesn't always have to be maliciously either. Sometimes yeah. it's just based on their own insecurities or their own inadequacies, ugh, inadequacies or or they tried to do it and they couldn't do it. And yeah, you definitely got to be sometimes show people more than you tell them and just let your momentum or success, whatever that looks like for you speak even more so than saying oh i'm about to do this and i'm about to do that because or people just run their mouth and you know tell your business to everybody and you didn't want everybody and their mama to know you know what i mean um one of the things you said you're into a lot of things it's so it's so funny because when i was i have wanted to have you on the show for a while that's usually how it is with all of my guests i'll be like <laughs> okay, I want to have this person on, but I got to have a topic for them. Because, yeah. you know, I'm not about to just, oh, let's have some random conversation. If that's the case, I'll just call the person. But uh, I don't even do random conversations. I know. So <laughs> here's the thing. I was going back and forth between having you on for the Jack of All Trades <laughs> series because I know you're into so many different things. For the very reason that you said is you're mastering all these different things. I love that you said you're trying to do everything you want to do before you get up out of here because, like, why waste your life not working towards what you want? But because black male teachers are so important, you know what I'm saying? I can only think of one black male teacher that I had period. That's elementary, junior high, high school, and college. And it was in junior high. It was the chorus teacher, Mr. Johnson. I don't know if he's still like what he's still doing. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if he's whatever, but that's the only uh, black male teacher I ever had. So it's like black men being represented in spaces of teaching is just as important as everywhere else. So that's why I wanted to have you on for this particular series. But with all that you're doing, cause you said you're doing a lot. How do you make sure you have balance? How do you make sure that you have good self care and all that stuff? Because that's just as important as going, going, going. Uh, uh, I make sure that, you know, I take, like I said, I take care of my body mentally. I just started journaling and whatnot. Mm. I got a journal for uh, Christmas. Love it. Love it. Love uh, it. I try to get down and see my mom as much as possible just because, uh, like I said, she could live in Brazil and I could not be, have been born in Brazil. But anytime you go to your mama's house, that's, that's where home is. You mm. know what I mean? That's where home is. That's where I sort of feel the most peace. And that's where I feel like, I feel like, uh, you know, nothing. You know what I mean? Like, like I feel like you don't have to, like, there's nothing to do. Mm. Like, there's nothing to do. And sometimes when there's nothing to do, that's peaceful. When I'm at home, like, it's not, sometimes, you know, it's cool, but like, it's not, it's not peaceful. Like, 
there's always something to do because I, w- I want to do all those things. You know, I put myself out there as doing all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so people are always hitting me up to do all those things. And I got and, and some of my friends do the same things that, that I do. So it's fun to to, you know, uh, collaborate or talk or bounce bounce ideas off each other. But, uh, yeah, I try to I try to. I tried to. Uh, I, last year, recently, I just started traveling as much as as much as I could. Uh, and one of the things that I want to do now is not go to the same places, right? So I'm 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 big into into you know going places, you know, one time. But I go to Nashville all the time because my mom lived there, and that's where I feel I feel the most peace. So like right. last year, I went to Nashville like four times. That's what I do. Uh, like I said, journaling. Uh, I don't go anywhere without my AirPods in now because uh, like remember we had the the uh what. I don't do no random conversations. <laughs> and, and and it's not it's not to be rude. And I was just talking to my students about this. Like, like I, I teach with my AirPods in too. Mm. And yeah. And because uh and it's and it's it's not necessarily to be rude. It's sort of like a common, peaceful, sort of quiet noise in my ear, right? Because you know, you need that. And I think you gotta I think you gotta take care of yourself on within everything that you do. I think at work, you got to take care of yourself. I think at, mm-hmm. I think when you're driving, you got to take care of yourself. When you grocery shopping, you got to take care of yourself. When you babysitting, you got to take care of yourself. When you cooking, you got to take. So I, I'm, I'm really, so like the fact that you bring up self-care is, is cool because uh, a lot of people, including myself, self-care looks different for everybody else. I know you see mm-hmm. the TikToks of like people getting like, I don't know, stuff put on their face. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, you know, saying it's a self-care today, but sometimes not everybody, sometimes not everybody into that. I just think self-care look different for different people. And sometimes mm-hmm. me having my headphones in and like running up to Target real quick is, is, is sometimes it's just like self-care. You know what I mean? Because I'm in my own, I got my own train of thinking. I'm getting away from the house for a little bit. I'm getting away from uh, when I put these AirPods in. It's like I'm getting away from people for a little bit. And it's not not me being rude. It's just, you know, all the small talk. I do that on the daily. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the all the the loud noises and the buzzing. Like I do that on a daily. And some and you know, when I'm when I'm off, I want to be off. So but it's it's real tough for me to balance it, long story short. Well, no, you're right in that self-care looks different for everyone. You know, I'm a big I always ask every guest pretty much, what do you do to balance all that? What are you doing for self-care? If not every guest, most guests, simply because it does look different for everybody and everybody might have different ideas or somebody may listen and get an idea. At the end of the day, as you said, in all things, you have to take care of yourself. And even for one person, self-care can be many different things. Like for me, self-care depends on a lot of different factors. It depends on what I'm doing. It de- Like prime example, I work six days a week on average. And now granted, that's because I run my own company. There's a lot of content creation and all that stuff. So work looks a lot different than it did before. But regardless, I have to have at least one day that I don't work. 
However, usually that's Saturdays, but this week, uh, Thursday, I just was like, bruh, I, I just can't, you know what I'm saying? And so I had woke up and then I ended up just going back to sleep. And it's like, I can prioritize my time to do that. But like for me in that day, self-care was uh, going back to sleep. Self-care was also we had podcast happy hour recently. And if anybody watched it, they noticed I wasn't on and I wasn't sick, like cold sick. I just, I felt drained. I didn't have the energy to try to like entertain people. And so for me, self-care was saying no to something that I actually pretty much enjoy doing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like self-care is going to always look different but I always ask people that because one I want to make sure that people are taking care of themselves but two to highlight to the listeners just the importance of taking care of yourself mentally emotionally spiritually physically all that good thing and earlier you said you like to highlight the joy when you take pictures of people it's funny because you answer a lot of my questions for photography without me even having to <laughs> ask them so that's so dope which i knew you would be someone who i know when you're asked questions you can be talkative otherwise you're quiet we're similar in that it's like you observe you pay attention you talk when you really feel like you have something to say or you want to say, but a bunch of small talk and all that irrelevant stuff. No, nah, you're not really on that. But speaking of joy and experience or whatever, one thing I definitely want to do with this, this series is I feel like if not every black person, most black people, because I hate to generalize, but very, very often a black person will have this moment where they're like, I love being black. So we started the show with, here's a way that your black card can get revoked. I want to end this segment with you sharing one or two moments where you had that thought of either I love black people or I love us or I love, you know what I'm saying? You know how we say it or I love being black or being black is dope or however you say it, share a couple of moments of that. And the reason why, cause this is a new series. So kind of explaining to y'all why I'm doing things a certain way, because I want to celebrate the beauty found within black people. Yes, there is a struggle. Yes. I would never be one to say the struggle. I'd be stupid to say that because I've lived through different things. But I really want to celebrate us as well. You know what I'm saying? And I also want, for those of you who are not Black who listen, I want you to normalize the fact that Black people can celebrate themselves and it literally does not mean anything about anybody else. Like, Melon Intoxicate celebrating the beauty found within Black people means that, period. No, no semicolon, no slick diss to anybody else like i want to normalize the fact that we always want to talk about what we want to normalize i want to normalize to other people that it's okay to celebrate us without other people feeling left out because it has nothing to do with you if i'm married and i say i love my husband that doesn't mean i hate every other man on this earth it means i love my husband me loving my kids 
doesn't mean I hate my nieces or I hate other kids. It just means I love my kids. You know what I'm saying? So like, I just feel like people need to be okay with that. So that's the purpose of the brand, the purpose of the series and the way it's shaped the way it is by ending it with what were some of your, I love black people or I love being, cause like, man, we have the struggle, but man, the way we can, our creativity and our, like, I don't know the way we even navigate the struggle. And I, I see it more on Twitter, man, like Twitter in a crisis is one of the best places to be because the jokes the videos the memes the whatever that we come up with when we should really be actually being serious but it just is what it is you know what i'm saying yeah like and you and that's where you really realize like man some stuff that we do is just in our dna like nobody taught us nobody told us it's just you know you just no, do it. For real. For real. Uh, when you ask that, it's hard to think of just one situation. Give more because, than one. Share every day, the moments. Because every day I wake up, right? And I every day I wake up and I'm black. Like you can't, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. one, that's just one moment to enjoy within itself. Uh, but then also your presence. Your presence says a lot, right? Right? Like you black and you walk into a room that says like a lot. Uh and I guess your presence can say a lot, but then it can also say nothing, right? Mm. And then your silence can say a lot too, being mm. black, but then your silence can also say physically it says nothing, but your silence also it says a bunch. Like, mm-hmm. like so like like silence can be. Silence can answer the question, <laughs> you know. What? Silence can answer the question, or it can you know, or it can you know, or it can be the question. So if that makes sense, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, I guess that uh, body language, like you can have a conversation with body language, mm-hmm. and only culturally other black people would understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the eyebrow raises, the <laughs> twisted, the twisted lips, mm-hmm. the, the that. That's uh, all that, all that is 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 all that is like is cold to other people, but like we know what those things mean, and they can mean different things. It just depends mm-hmm. on the situation, right? Like if, <laughs> yeah. So uh, and then I guess uh, no, it's just I don't know, I don't know. It's just it's so many things, and then I guess you know. I'm dark skin, right? But I'll be telling people like in the wintertime, like I'll be like, I swear I'm, I'm light skin. I'm light skin. <laughs> you know what I, mean? so I appreciate like the just the different shades of of of, of you know black people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, you, and then you just uh I don't know. I just I just appreciate the culture, man, because no matter no matter how high up you get, no matter how much money you make or don't make at some point in your life, you you live like you live the like the black experience, right? Mm-hmm. And we know what we're talking about when we're talking about the real black experience. Like it is like it, it can be struggle, but like uh I think it, I think we like I think people 
people forget. People forget. A lot of people be trying to forget where they came from or use use money to wash out, you know, the dark places or the, the bad places that they came from, which, you know, which if you if you into that, by all means, I don't judge your life. It's not for me to tell you what to do with your life. But I just think that I just think that um, I just think that being black, I think a lot of people have that notion of, you know, we don't forget where we come from. Right. And I think that I think that's I think that's big and that's important because I think every day uh, I think that motivates us to just get up and do something. You know what I mean? Get up and do something. So what I tell what I tell what I tell my students a lot is like, you know, I hate waking up too. You see me, I was 10 minutes late today. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I hate waking up too. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes I have to get deep and I say, you know, the reason I wake up with my alarm clock rings is because I remember when I had absolutely nothing mm-hmm. and I still don't got everything that I want. But I remember when I had absolutely nothing. Like I remember that. And, and so uh, it don't get through them now, but when they get older and they get a job, they'll remember times when they when they ain't have nothing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I guess just just not only me knowing that, but me telling you that and you understanding that, that's one of the joys of being black, right? <laughs> I could have told I could have told any random black person that, and they would have understood what I was talking about, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, just the just the constant communication on all levels with all things you know what i mean your mom throwing a shoe at you is uh <laughs> is like a communication to stop doing whatever you're doing you know what mm-hmm. i mean so it's or just, if she just looks at you and doesn't say anything i love man. that's one of the things i love about being a parent is i don't yell a ton you know that i'm more like that. just hey this is what it is i didn't even used to like having to really raise my voice to like get the attention of the class of course i would but i don't like that because i feel like i could say what i need to say without yelling at someone but i don't really yell at my kids every now and then if it's loud and they're hey you know what i'm saying just to like (laughs) shut it down but for the most part i just look at them and they already know what it is they know the vibes even now they've even told me when i get quiet it's actually not scarier, but scarier than when I do a bunch of, because especially I be messing up on my words. So then if I mess up on my words, then folks is laughing because, you oh, know, yeah. I don't, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Kids are so just trash sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, man, yeah, I love, love it, love it, love it. You know, I want everyone who comes on this segment to share because the reasons that people love being black are going to be different for everybody. And I want to I want my not because I have listeners of all races, ages, all that good stuff. I want y'all to just get a different um, perspective or just understanding of us because. You, you may think you know, but we're all different. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and even those of us that, you know, maybe somebody might have grown up not in poverty, but maybe they grew up, you know, with more financial resources. So maybe there wasn't a point where they didn't have anything. 
but I don't care how much money you have, you're black wherever you go. You know what I'm saying? So there's always, excuse me, this point where every black person has had a, that I've talked to has had a moment or a, a point in time where they realize that they're black. You know what I'm saying? Like, and what that means out in society when you're not around a black, a bunch of black people, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody's had that moment. I don't care how much money you have and maybe it didn't stop you from wanting what you wanted to do career wise, but you've had those even maybe companies in corporate America where somebody says something and they feel like, Oh man, you see it on TV. You know what I'm saying? But it happens in real life where you have these conversations where somebody says something that rubs you the you know the wrong kind of way or whatever, everybody's had that experience where they. Uh, I'm trying to generalize it because I don't want people to get caught up on one type of scenario. Because again, yeah. the experience is different for everybody, but everybody has had that moment where they realize either this person thought lowly of them because they're simply because they're black or. They thought maybe they shouldn't be doing what they're doing simply because they're black. I, you know, we've all had those moments outside of outward racism. So we ain't even talking about that because people oftentimes, people are bold, don't get me wrong, but people try to be subtle more than anything because they don't want you to call out, call, call them out on it. But like your biases show when you make certain statements, like For sure. the notion that when you Google natural or professional hairstyles, right? I've Googled this before because there's such a stigma about women who wear their natural hair. Don't get it twisted if you're watching. Yes, I have this wig on, but underneath this, my hair is twisted back and I'll untwist my hair and wear it when I feel like it. I've just been kind of lazy. There's such a stigma, you know what I'm saying? And, And it shouldn't be to hair that grows like we don't have any control over that why should we have to alter ourselves to be deemed as professional that's the issue so like stuff like that that other people don't necessarily have to deal with because they fit within the model but yeah if you google professional hairstyles and then also google unprofessional hairstyles and watch what pops up it's wild you know, it's crazy. I've never done that because before before I went to Shannon at the shop mm-hmm. over in the Benson area, everyone mm-hmm. should go to her for their, for their, to get their locks twisted. Before I went to I think to my Shannon, brother locks, goes to her. He does. He yeah. does. Yeah. I've seen, seen him on the feet. Uh, yeah, he talks to me about that stuff. Definitely. His stuff long now, too. But before mm-hmm. I went to get twisted, I was rocking free for him. Like, I just let my hair lock up on his own. And I was going, you know, other teachers, just, you know. Older black ladies, like, oh, they let you wear your hair like that? You be going to work with your hair like that? And I was like, ooh, almost said it. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> hey, I was like, yeah. Girl, like, what? What? Like, what's the what's the difference? Uh, and then, remember when I had, remember I had dreads for like two days when I first started working. And then you cut we it. And I cut, and I cut my hair. Uh. I cut my hair kind of because I got that was that was the first time I cut my hair in like ten years, mm. and so uh, I kind of uh, 
had just got sick of it. But there was always this dude telling me, like, because one of one of my best friends always had a fade. And I had always had long hair. He's like, yeah, if I'm going to hire somebody, I'm hiring this dude over over you because, you know, it's a little more clean cut. So I remember that stuff. Remember I told you I reflect and mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Uh, so I reflect and I, 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 that used to rub me the wrong way. Yeah. So the 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 me growing a free form was sort of just like a rebellion that, you know, not to prove anything, but basically saying my hair is going to do what it do. And then. But my hair doing my hair's got its own task. When I pull up to my job. I got a task to do. So my mm-hmm. hair going to do what it do. And I'm going to do what I, whatever I need to do to get the job done. My hair don't influence any type of task I got going on with this, with this job here. And so now I just got to twist it and I just let them hang or do whatever. But it's, uh, it's different. Uh, that's definitely, I definitely like that you brought that up. One more mm-hmm. thing about being black is that we got these food combinations that, go, that just go together and there's no written rule book or anything, or there's no instructions like, like catfish and spaghetti hits every time. <laughs> and there's no like, there's no like ancient, like rule book to say that goes with that. And it's fire. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, it's a lot of food combinations like that, that we don't even question. Yeah. We just expect. <laughs> yeah. We just expect it. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like the, the church fish fries. <laughs> I don't question like I don't question that. I'm 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 giving my 20 bucks or whatever and I'm eating. Like we don't question it. And the thing it's about fine. it too is, you know, our food is uh generally good. Like and I'm not saying everything that everybody cooks and I don't eat every tradition, you know, some of the quote unquote black dishes. There's certain things I like New Year's Day, New Year's whatever. I'm not making no black IPs. Like, and I remember my mom making such things when I was younger. And it was back then that I decided that I didn't like it. She hasn't made that in like years. Thank God. But <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't eat that. I don't like that. You know what I'm saying? So there's certain things that I just don't do. But there's things that like when my mom cooks something or my grandma or my auntie I don't question whether or not it's going to be good either. And I'm not saying everybody can cook because I have had food that was like, mm, man, you, you know, and, I, and I'm not talking about my family. I was very blessed to be born into a family where my mom could cook, my granny could cook, my auntie could cook. Those are the, the three, you know, women because my granny only had the two kids. Uh, well, technically three, but. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed in that sense, but you know, things like, I mean, I wonder who decided, man, we got to add some seasoning. You know what I'm saying? Like who in history decided we got to add something to this because just eating chicken with no seasoning is disgusting. And then it's just wild that like, other i don't know you know now granted there are certain white dishes that or traditionally white dish like i like casseroles you know what i'm saying casseroles i'm a season whatever i make but certain casseroles that one 
type like one dish. I don't got to have a bunch of different pots. That comes in clutch when I'm in a rush, but not everybody, everybody casserole. Like, no, I'm, I'm cool on certain things. You know what I'm saying? I like stuff like quiche. I don't know. You know, I like that. Yeah, I don't know. Y'all know how picky I am. If I can't pronounce it, then it's not getting <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um. All right. Last question before we get up out of here. Well, this isn't really, I guess it is a question. What's one piece of advice that you would just give to my listeners? Nothing, uh, whatever you want to give. One piece of advice that's always stuck with me for the last, like, at least as long as I've been teaching. Uh, one of my best friends told me, you never late for anything, right? There's a lot of people that be like, oh, I want to have kids by this time. I need to be married by this time. I got to have a house by this time. And it's all good. It's always good to like set those goals. You know what I mean? It's always good to have those goals or be goal oriented, but you're never late for anything, right? And when it's your time, it's going to be your time. Mm. And uh, God will always tell you when. That's another piece of advice. It's definitely another piece of advice. So just if you're working towards your goal and you feel like you're not there, you're not late for it, right? Or if you, you want to do something just because everyone else is doing something and you think you're behind, you're not behind. You're definitely not behind. You're not late for anything. And uh, going back to people having goals is uh, like that it's important. And I don't knock anybody for having goals or long-term goals or short-term goals. But uh, remember... I said I like to see people enjoying their joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of one of the things for me is just I'm trying to be alive tomorrow. Mm. I'm trying to smile tomorrow, and all that. So that's that's one big thing for me. But the advice I will give people is like you're not late for nothing. Mm. And the thing about time is you never know how much you have. So enjoy yours. Like today, like right now, like today, like enjoy it. Don't be mm. so goal oriented that you know. You spazzing out on people or you spazzing out in the moment because you're not there yet. You're going to get there. Everyone got they. Everyone has their time of arrival. Mm. I'm going to add. I usually don't add to what people say, but when you brought up the part about don't be so goal oriented that you, you know, because you're not there, I would say celebrate the milestones along the way. I've always kind of been big on that. Um, when I was in college, every class, every semester or every trimester when I was at Metro, I would celebrate the even though I hadn't graduated yet, but I would celebrate along the way because with that idea of enjoying yourself now, you don't know how much time you have. And if you're not going to celebrate until you get there, number one, what if you don't get there? Not to be morbid, but you, you don't know when you're going to go. You know what I'm saying? So that's number one. Number two, I guarantee you that once you get there, you're kind of going to be like, okay, now what? Because that's yeah. exactly what happened when I graduated college. Thankfully, I celebrated along the way. When I graduated college, I was like, okay, that's dope. Like I did that. But now what? You know what I'm saying? I started my company. Okay, now what? I launched my brand. Okay, now what? So yeah, celebrate every little thing along the way so that you are enjoying life. And it also keeps you motivated. I went to a leadership conference once 
And one of the speakers, that's what he said, you know, celebrate the milestones on the way to the long-term goal, because it really kind of gives you this sense of joy along the way. And it keeps you motivated because especially when you work in a field where you like work with people, sometimes the work is never done. And so you're never going to feel like, oh, yeah, I'm done. It, you know, so it's kind of like, yeah, celebrate the milestone. So that is, I guess I'll say our advice because I felt like I couldn't let you <laughs> bring it up without me adding that last little piece. So y'all, this has been the first volume of Melon Intoxication. I really hope you enjoyed it. Nick, definitely appreciate you giving me your time on your day off when you could be doing anything else. Is there anything, um, like, is there anywhere you want people to follow you on social media? People that live in the Omaha area, if they want to hire you as a photographer or a physical trainer or anything else, is there, like, a way they could get a hold of you? Or are you too busy with clients? You know, you, you booked and busy, and you ain't oh, no, we can't take no shout out. Uh, so I have my, my personal Instagram. It's gonna be it's it's uh, mud baby m u d b a b y with two underscores. So that's my personal Instagram. And I have a fitness Instagram. It's gonna be iconic i c o n i c k underscore fitness. And that's where uh, you can hit me up about training and whatnot. And then also uh, on TikTok, it's gonna be neighborhood underscore nick n i c. And neighborhood is spelled the same way. Uh, so neighborhood underscore nick on my TikTok. Uh, I do fitness videos and uh, different types of stuff on there. Uh, but, yeah, those are all my social media things. So, yeah. Oh, and I, I have Twitter. But Twitter's a wild place. <laughs> so we'll leave that there. All right. So I'll put your – I'm going to have to follow you on TikTok. I didn't even really – I just recently started yeah, – Yeah, so I'll follow you, but I'll also put – for the rest of you guys, his personal, I follow the two IG pages and I'll put his TikTok in the episode notes so that you can follow him. Um, definitely somebody who the, the fitness stuff definitely in, in, um, encouraging and motivating is what I'm trying to say. Just from what I see on IG, um, if you want to hire him as a trainer, you definitely should because, I mean, as you can see, he's passionate. But as in, when you're someone who's an educator, it's just in you to teach people in many different ways. Like, you really can't escape from trying to teach people. Even teachers who retire, they still teach people something in a different way because it's just, it's just in you. So that's sure. all we have on that, y'all. Um, stay tuned for the next podcast happy hour as always make sure you are taking care of yourself mentally emotionally physically spiritually um and then be healthy in your relationships we are all physical emotional spiritual mental beings they should all be healthy then also february 25th is the next pentam z so i kind of alluded it to it at the beginning Penrose, myself, and LNZ, our next live audible expressions is what I like to call it. Spoken word night, but I don't like to use that phrase because 
I like to be different. So the next poetry night is going to be live on my YouTube. All my live shows, I'm, I'm going to remind y'all, are only available on YouTube. If you want to check out poems that we've already uploaded to my YouTube, go to my channel, look for the Z videos. Um, so definitely check that out. Come through if you have time on the 25th. It is at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, 6 Pacific on my YouTube channel. I guess that is it. So I appreciate y'all coming through, sticking with us. As always, I will talk to y'all soon. Bye. Ladies and gents, this concludes transmission. Tune in next time for a whole new edition, another adventure and mission to share, be heard, and clarify the vision of this whole new world for Tim.